that's when I went into uh, a bit of a depression because in my very last uh, appointment with my doctor, she told me, we can do nothing more for you. This is all in your head. And we believe as a medical team that you are seeking attention. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. Excited for another amazing episode today. I'm so excited to be sharing my guest, Janet Danielson, with you today, which we'll dive into in a minute. I want to do a quick thank you to all of our listeners, whatever platform you're listening on. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate all of you that share on Instagram and social media. Uh, and I hope you do with this episode a whole bunch, too as well. So thanks for being with us. If you're new to the show, please click subscribe, share this with a few people afterwards. And we're excited to have you on board as well. So let me introduce you to Jana. Jana is, uh, I'm, I'm just getting to know her, but I'm so excited to be sharing her with you guys today. You are going to love this episode. She's an award-winning wellness entrepreneur. And what's super cool is her own story is she really transformed her own physical pain, as she says, turned her mess into her message. So we're going to hear about that. Amazon best-selling author. She's the owner of Lead Pilates and Lead Integrated Health Therapies. She has her main or brick and mortar business part of me. And then she has the Meta District, her online wellness community and creator of the Cooch Ball, the first, the world's first actually patented pelvic floor fitness tool for women. We're going to talk a bit about that. She's coached and consulted with thousands of women all over the world to really help them just ultimately change their life in terms of the quality of their life and their confidence and their impact. She's a mom of three boys and you're going to love hearing from Jana. Jana, thanks for taking some time with us. Ben, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So great to be together. I, I love uh, the power of story. I think it's a fascinating thing. I know a little bit about yours, but I'm excited to hear more about it. So why don't we jump right into that? Let's start with how did this whole shift in you come about? For sure. So, um, you know, farm girl through and through. So I grew up with, you know, big gardens, lots of room to play in a small town where everybody helped everybody, everybody knew everybody. And that was my, that was my upbringing. And um, when I was in my like late high school years, grade 11 and 12, all of a sudden they started experiencing some digestive pain. And as a firstborn, what um, some may identify as an A-type personality, I, I just thought it was nerves, right? Before a big exam or before a boy would call me for a date, yeah. I would get these, you know, this little stomach thing and I would just ignore it. Um, at, at one point, I actually, my mom got me some Tums. So I started eating Tums yeah. and I uh, thought it, that's all it was. Well, fast forward into university and the pain actually became uh, weekly hmm. and then the pain became daily. And I was finishing my degree in business and I thought I, I, I better at that point, you know, get to the doctor because uh, my quality of life was being very uh, negatively impacted. And that's what I did. And then the next 18 months, that journey was um, kind of like a baton in the relay at the Olympics. I was passed from doctor to doctor to specialist, back to doctor to specialist. And when you don't get any answers, but you just get more medication, literally by the time I was 22 years old, finishing my degree, I was on about 10 different medications. Mm. 
And this farm girl who only wanted three things in her life. I wanted to have a happy marriage. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to own my own business. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So that was, I, I knew what that was like that, you know, farm families really were hardy people, right? You rode the ebbs and flows of the weather and diseases in your crops. And, and yet I was drawn to that lifestyle, that ability to, where you put security aside for freedom and being able to do those things that you, you know, how you wanted to show up in the world. And so I thought, how can I marry my high school sweetheart? How, how will my body even have babies one day? And how could I possibly run a business when I can't even get out of bed? And, um, that's when I went into uh, a bit of a depression because in my very last appointment uh, with my doctor, she told me, we can do nothing more for you. This is all in your head. And we believe as a medical team that you are seeking attention. And, you know, Ben, it was like wow. someone I've never been kicked in the gut, but I imagine if you get kicked in the gut, it was that kind of feeling where I could feel myself wanting to burst out into tears, but I wanted to be, you know, strong. And I walked out of her office and um, literally the next 90 days for me was what I would say, you know, were rock bottom. Um, I was newly engaged. I was questioning, like, do I give this ring back? I love this man with all my heart, but how, what kind of a life will I give him if this is what it is, right? Mm. Um, and then, and then something happened. <laughs> I was in line at Safeway mm-hmm. paying for my groceries. And I looked over at the magazine stand and, you know, there's all the fitness magazines and the tabloids. And I saw Madonna on the cover of a shape magazine and the word Pilates was smattered across it. And I was like, what is Madonna doing now? So I bought the magazine because she's still one of my favorites, um, my favorites in the celebrity world. Yeah. And I read this article about, well, I didn't even know it was called Pilates. I thought it was pilots the way it was spelt. <laughs> And there was no Google back then. It was 1999. I flipped through our city leisure guide. I found Pilates mat classes and I went. And over the next 16 weeks, what started as a very frustrating experience, because my body, it was like my instructor was speaking a different language. I did not. And it was English, but she was saying things like breathe with your diaphragm, fill your belly with air, exhale out of your mouth, relax your, and, and my body would do none of that. And for someone that played every sport, you know, ran marathons. This was like, what, what do you mean? My body isn't understanding. And slowly, but surely, as I went back twice a week for those 16 weeks, initially for that first session, I started decreasing my pain. And I was so nervous that it was just, you know, God was like playing tricks on me. I would knock on wood. I would cross my fingers. I would do all of those little, um, good luck charms. But what I didn't realize was that I was literally, I know it now, I didn't know it then. Mm-hmm. I was literally rewiring my entire body from mm-hmm. the inside out. There was no, there wasn't disease, but there was dis-ease mm-hmm. because of my posture, because of, you know, my lack of hydration, just all of those things that you would not think could add up to this life of pain absolutely did. And that's when I took control over my life. And I was like, this, (laughs) this is amazing. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the story. That's crazy. What a story. And I can only imagine. So how you were 23 when the doctor said, Hey, you just got to deal with this. Yep. I can only imagine being told it's all in your head and just live with it. It is what it is. And then I can only imagine the freedom too of realizing that all of a sudden I'm starting to feel better 
not from medication, not from any of this stuff, but just from, like you said, just whether it was moving or breathing or water, whatever it might be. I mean, that's, that's an amazing, amazing story. I wonder how many other people are going through physical pain in their life and probably in a lot of cases mental and something as simple as learning this stuff could really make a difference. Um, on that note, I know we were talking beforehand, but I know a big part of your message is redefining what health and wellness is. So let's jump into that. I'm excited to really dive into that. For sure. The, um, again, I, I grew when I was, when I was in the fitness world and I was a fitness instructor for many, many years, it was, um, like not quite the leg warmer and headband days of Jane yeah. Fonda a little yeah. bit after that, yeah. but it was you, your goal was to leave that puddle of sweat on the floor. Right. You went for your X number of minutes or hours every day to the gym mm-hmm. and you never questioned that you just, you just kept going. Right. And I, I started to wonder like, why, why don't I feel better? Why aren't my clothes fitting in a different way? Why am I not sleeping better? Why, you know, I started asking mm-hmm. myself these questions um, and coming out of that pain cycle I wanted to keep that momentum going. And so I started again, questioning like, why, why is today arm day or, you know, chest and back day? And why am I with my new husband doing leg day? And and then why am I doing 20 minutes of cardio before? Like I just started asking all those questions, not because Mm -hmm. I was trying to necessarily be like a rebel without a cause, but Mm -hmm. just why, like, why did we adopt that as the way things were? Mm-hmm. And what if we started looking differently at the body, right? So um, that became my, you know how we say, you know, what is your, where do you draw the line in the sand? What do you stand for? Yeah. And that's what I started standing for. I started standing for all those people who believed that they would never be a certain size because that was dictated to them, or they would never be able to, um, like I said, run it, run a 10 K or, you know, do anything like that because their body didn't look like it could. And I wondered if there was a way to start helping people redefine the operating system in their brain. Cause I knew that's what had to happen for me. My physical pain started to change. My body started to change. One funny little story is I always wanted beautiful black leather boots, heeled boots, like winter boots. And with like, that would zip up. And my Baba, uh, we are Ukrainian. So she, and I could never find boots that I could zip up because of the size of my calves. Mm -hmm. And she would say, Oh, Jana, we are Ukrainian. We are big boned and just get, get boots without zippers that just slip on. And when I started to notice how my outward body was changing because my inward body, that was my, that became my focus. I was like, okay, wait, wait a minute. I haven't stepped on the scale or I haven't tried on that gold pair of jeans. You know, I always used to buy that gold pair of jeans one size smaller. And that was where by, you know, by X date, I was going to get into those jeans. And I stopped doing that. And I just focused on what was happening in. But to my surprise, the outwardness was Mm. starting to shine. Like people would say, what's, what's, what's going on with you? Like, what's, what's different about you? They couldn't quite peg, you know, what was going on, mm-hmm. but they could actually see in the physicality of my body that there was something different. And that is where I became like firmly rooted, like a big solid Oak tree. in the fact that it is what's going on inside 
that dictates what's happening outside. So if we turned reps and sets into, you know, just those basic nutritious movements, almost like you wouldn't sit at your breakfast table and eat a day's worth of food at that one meal. So why do we look at fitness that way? Why do we look at movement that way where you go and I did my run and then I don't think about my body for the rest of the day? Mm -hmm. It really is finding ways to live your movement and make that a part of your lifestyle. And that's what completely flipped the script for me. That's what made me change. Like I, I did a full career shift. I was a business consultant for the first 13 years of my life. I moved into entrepreneurship in the wellness realm. And now, you know, 14 years later, with hundreds of thousands of people who have walked through my doors at my clinic or my studio or joined me online, mm -hmm. their lives have now been impacted that way. What a story. That's, yeah, that's so awesome. And I think, I think that's a great point too, because I think there really is just kind of the old paradigm of, you know, work really hard, you know, go crush yourself in the gym. You did leg day. You can't walk for three days. And, <laughs> but, but that idea of movement, I know this is, I follow Brennan Burchard. He talks a lot about that too, but literally, you know, every hour just getting up to move and stuff like that, where often, especially if we're in more of a sedentary type job or business, if you work out and then you don't move the rest of the day, I don't know how, how much progress are, are you going to make that way? Right. Well, you know, you can take that, you can take that exact same thought process or paradigm and apply it to your business. Like, mm -hmm. would you work like, you know, you hear the old adage work smarter, not harder. It's the yeah. same thing. Like right. as entrepreneurs, there is a point where, yes, if you're in startup or if you're scaling, yeah, there, you know, we don't have those nine to five jobs, but we understand there, there has to be some balance. Where is your creative space? If you've been working 20 hours a day for the past month, you're not going to have that, you know, those creative juices flowing. So if we applied the same strategies to our own bodies, because we know things like um, we are 30% more creative when we have moved in the day, we know mm. that um, after an hour of sitting, 50% of your blood flow to your legs has decreased, right? And, and that makes us feel lethargic, backache, tight hips, all that, you know, all of that, right? You wouldn't never go a year without changing the oil in your vehicle. So why are we, you know, why are we not focusing on those little nutritious movements during our day that can yield huge returns um, in the long run? So I did not know that, that we're 30% more creative after we move and 50% less blood flow to legs. So let's, let's talk about some tactical stuff. I'm listening. I'm in the audience. And okay. I had no idea. Maybe if you're like me, I didn't know that. What, where do I start? Give me some tips. Okay. So first of all, like literally get up. So every hour, if you get up, if you've been sitting at your desk computer for an hour, if you get up for two minutes, go fill your water bottle, go to the bathroom. Literally, you don't have to like do any sort of like jumping jacks or push-ups or anything, just get up. Okay. That two minutes will negate the 50% decrease in blood flow. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, number two, hydration is absolutely key. So did you know that our body uses hydration in a priority system? So think of like a hydration pyramid. The first water we take in in the day hydrates our brain. Mm -hmm. The middle part of the pyramid is our vital organs. The bottom of the pyramid are the tissues of our muscles, joints, bones, right? And so if we don't take our first sip of water until 11 in the morning, we've just missed an opportunity of five, four or five hours where there's been, our tissues have not been hydrated, okay? Think of a plant without hydration. 
-hmm. It's not, its leaves don't have the vigor, the vitality, the soil is cracked and right. And so how in the world do we ever expect to be effective in our jobs for our teams um, if, if our own body is not? So hydration is key. My little trick there is if you take a glass of water to bed with you, my promise to myself, I do this every night before I leave my bedroom in the morning to head down to the kitchen. I promise myself that I'm going to drink that glass of water um, because I know that in some mornings I'm going to open my computer and it's going to be a gong show and it yeah. might be noon until my next sip. Okay. The third tip I'm going to give, and then we'll do more towards the end is uh, oxygenation. Okay. Here's a little fun fact. When we breathe diaphragmatically, Okay, so our, we have this big muscle. It lives in, in the crest of our rib cage. It looks like a mushroom cap or an open umbrella. When we breathe with that muscle, so inhaling through your nose like you're smelling a fresh baked apple pie and exhaling out of your mouth, just like, a, you know, releasing water, air from an inner tube, we are taking in 600% more oxygen at that time. Now, I'm not expecting you to breathe like that every second of the day. But if you do that morning, noon, and night to start 10 to 12 times, here's the major things that are going to happen. That brain fog, where did I leave my keys? Did I send that email? That's going to go away, all right? Because we are actually feeding our brain and giving it the environment to be sharp, sharp and awake and alert, oxygen, all right? Mm. The other thing it's going to do is it's going to nurture your parasympathetic nervous system. That's your rest and digest versus the sympathetic, which is fight or flight. I got to get the heck out of here, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going in for a meeting with your banker or you've got a crucial conversation with, you know, a partner or, you know, a personal conversation, four or five of those deep breaths literally is like you hit the reset button and now there's a new set of lenses to operate from. So those would be my, if there were, if, if you took anything away from this uh, conversation today, it would be that. Two minutes an hour of movement, mm -hmm. hydration, oxygenation. That's phenomenal. That's so great. It's amazing. Just so simple. Like uh, none of those things cost money either, right? <laughs> you just <laughs> and you know, Ben, that's exactly what it is, and that's why when we're talking about you know shifting our operating system or our paradigm, yeah, it shouldn't be this easy. But we're building the foundation. Right. There's things we're going to build on top for sure to optimize. Yeah. But we need that baseline, mm -hmm. you know, to be there in order to be able to build. Well, I, I think that because of marketing, because of just conditioning in a lot of ways, social conditioning, everything that we're, we're so taught that there's something outside of us, a pill we need to take, you know, uh, even in the nutrition space. I, I love the nutrition space, but it's, you know, it's, it's this shake or it's this greens or whatever it might be which I'm sure all have big benefits, but, but fasting, simple things like this, that just go back to some fundamentals and some basics. Um, and those are great strategies. You know, I, I unconsciously, most nights I didn't realize I do it until you said it, but I have that glass of water on my bed and then first thing in the morning, drink it. Right. So what I don't do is I don't do, I do meditation, uh, but I don't do that 10 to 12 deep breaths a few times a day. So I'm going to start doing that. Uh, definitely start doing that. That's awesome. Um, I want to switch a little bit and we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it, but, but I, I like how we were talking about it earlier when we were before recording, but the idea of that our, our body is not, as you mentioned, it's not just our leg, our leg, it's not individual parts, but really the series of systems. Do you want to expand a bit on that concept? For sure. So 
I like using, um, you know, Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, right? You can put on different faces, different hats, different arms. And in a really rudimentary way, that's how I feel many of us see our body as pieces, right? So here's where it starts breaking down. If you see your body as pieces, it's only a matter of time because we live on a planet with gravity. We have preferences. We're right-handed, we're left-handed, right? Just those basic, how you sit in your vehicle, how your desk is set up, how you, you know, how do you use your headset? Just those really basic things will start to play into one side or the other, right? We're not, um, you know, we're not kangaroos. We walk, we, you know, we move um, one foot in front of the other, one arm can be moving forward, one arm can be moving back. So when we look at our body as pieces, we are setting ourselves up for eventual, um, you know, possible injury and habitual patterning, right, tells us that if we keep using one side or one arm or one leg more than the other, over time, that's going to start to break down. Hmm. And then from an injury, um, when we are rehabbing our body, like let's say you were out playing tennis this weekend and you rolled your ankle, right? That ankle, if not treated properly in a rehabilitative way, can become other issues. Our body is like a tic-tac, I call it tic-tac-toe, okay? Let me tell you this quick story. I have a colleague who runs a Pilates studio in the States and probably about 14 or 15 years ago now, she wrote an article about Tiger Woods. She traced back his current um and maybe not current but pre the last accident pre last accident she traced back his injuries to a left ankle sprain it was like a third or fourth degree sprain he sustained in his left ankle when he was in high school all right so now fast forward tigers in college he starts getting getting issues in his right knee okay think about that left ankle becomes right knee okay that's compensation that's that's our body saying oh there's been a disruption in one side. I'm just going to load the other side a little bit. Not enough for him or her to notice it now, but over time, that's going to start to become an issue. The right knee issue settled into his left hip and low back, and then it went up into his mid back. So we see this left, right, left, right patterning. It happens to us all the time. So what if we thought about the body in a different way? Okay. What if we thought about, about it as systems? Have you ever woken up and said, I'm going to, today's pelvic floor day or today is lymphatic system drainage day. We don't talk about our body as systems, right? Yeah. But that's essentially what we are. We have a skeleton, okay, our skeletal system. We have, um, we have circulation through our body, our blood circulates. We have a lymphatic system, which is our body's natural disposal. It's like a little, it's like a little garbage truck. It pulls all the waste out, all right? We have a fascial system. Fascia is our connective tissue. Did you know that flexibility will never, ever be optimized? You can stretch till the cows come home, but if you do not release your fascia through heat or force with a foam roller or a little fascia ball, Hmm. that fascia is like a boa constrictor snake. It adheres to muscle fibers at the the force of 2,000 pounds per square inch. I don't care how strong or how many massages you go for, there is never going to be long-term change in the body that way. So literally your muscle fibers, it's like someone is putting their hands around them and choking them from the fresh 
oxygen, nutrient-rich blood that is needed to make us have vitality to go, right, Ben, to go play with your little girls at the end of the day. Like, those are the things we want. So if you don't understand that there is this fascial system that's like a spider web, a webbing through our entire body, and if we're dehydrated and over-caffeinated, and if our posture is less than optimal, that spider webbing, mm-hmm. instead of being like silky and almost crimped iron-like from the 1980s, it is like big dust bunnies that are like hard and we can't expect fresh blood to get to those muscles, which give us vitality. So when you look at a, at the body from a systems approach versus a pieces approach, now you're talking about long-term energy, vitality, and quality of life. And that's now, you know, at, at 48, I want to be able to chase My boys are 20, 18 and 16. Now mm-hmm. I can go out and we can, my husband and I can play a spike ball game with them and not worry about tweaking something. Right. That's what I want for, uh, for my life. Well, I got to say, I was looking forward to this interview, but I'm so inspired right now to do <laughs> <laughs> to level up my game here, I literally write about all the time being full of energy, vitality, and life. And so I'm, I'm excited about applying more of this into my own life. Um, so good. I didn't realize that. I'd heard of fascia, but didn't realize that you can stretch all you want. But if we're not breaking up that fascia, I guess, for lack of a better term, then then the muscles are constricted. I had no idea. Yeah. If, you, if you're someone that has been like, I have never been able to touch my toes um, grab a tennis ball and give me five minutes of your time. And I'm not promising you'll be on the floor, but I guarantee you'll be twice as close to the floor just because you've released that fascia. And the other little thing to understand is because fascia is not like muscle, it doesn't start and end at a joint, like our bicep, right? goes from our shoulder to our elbow because fascia is a web. You could be rolling out your feet, sitting at your desk, you guys get with a, a tennis ball underneath, rolling your feet out, and it's going to be impacting your hamstrings, if you have sciatica issues, tight hips, that's the beauty, right? As entrepreneurs, we want things that are efficient. I want to do, I want to make a decision and I want it to impact A, B, C, and D, right? I want, that's how I want to optimize my time, optimize my decision-making and ultimately optimize my revenues, right? Hmm. This stuff is exactly that. There's not just, it's not one hour for one thing. It is like five minutes for 20 things. And Hmm. that's how the body becomes unstoppable. Wow. Incredible. That's so incredible. So we talked about some basic strategies, just get up every two minutes, every hour for two minutes, hydration being the key, the different stages of the day that you're hydrating, deep breaths. Um, You just talked about another simple kind of hack of the tennis ball on your foot or the cross ball or something like that, right? Um, Give us one or two more that maybe people wouldn't be aware, simple to do, and really you'll notice a difference in your life. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to talk through this. I'm going to do my best to talk through it, it, you know, verbally. Um, there is, so the muscles around our eyes, we we don't have eye day, right? So the muscles around our eyes actually, because of the way we sit in front of our computers or we're on our devices, those muscles get extremely tight. The way the muscles interact in and around our, our eyes and our head and our neck and shoulders. If you're someone who has a lot of neck tension, you have low grade headaches, maybe some TMJ, you just got stuck with all this tension. Um, this very simple exercise of like holding, if you held your head looking straight ahead, like if you were looking right at the wall in front of you and just literally, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm just moving my eyes from the right side of my face 
to the left side. Like I'm just scanning like a lighthouse in the ocean. I'm just scanning Mm. and scanning and scanning. Okay. So this, if you did this um, 20 to 30 seconds every hour, okay, that is actually going to start to work those muscles around your eyes. It's going to start to eliminate some of that neck and jaw tension. And then if you want to like, if if that was like the cake and you want to add the icing and the cherry on top, all I would say is reposition the head in phase two. So it's like you're doing a shoulder check in your vehicle. So just, you can just look over your right shoulder Mm -hmm. and then do that same eye sweeping exercise, 20 to 30 seconds, do your shoulder check over the other shoulder, do your sweeping eyes. Your eyes might get a little bit teary. It may trigger a headache, just FYI. And if you're someone that these basic, basic strategies triggers a headache, then you know that you are onto something, okay? Mm. The body will always take the path of least resistance. We are reptilian, habitual beings. We always want the path of least resistance, right? So when we start changing it, the body's like, hey, wait, whoa. I know this isn't where I'm supposed to be living, but I kind of like it here. It's comfortable. It's easy. And so then you got to be like, well, no, we're just moving down the street. We're just moving a few houses down. We're not going across the world, right? So it's this, it's those little simple things. So that is something, especially I know a lot of my business friends, I, I like to share that one with them because we can get so stuck in through our head, neck, and shoulders. Hmm. Um What's the other one thing I would say, I guess, understanding this, if you are like a coffee, if you love your caffeine, right? If you love that boost, Mm -hmm. um, here's what I'm going to say about that. Um, 16 ounces of caffeinated drinks can be counted into your hydration formula in a day, but here's what I want you to do. Come at that cup of coffee or that caffeinated tea with a different set of lenses. If you love the way it feels to hold the, the, you know, the hot cup of coffee, be in that moment, hold that cup and experience it. If you love the way it smells, then be in that moment and enjoy those 16 ounces. Um, Because any more than that, right, that caffeine starts becoming a diuretic. And now you have to up your hydration even more to Mm. counteract the dehydration of the caffeine. So I like dropping that little tip in as well every once in a while. Yeah. And I, I, that's a, probably a great one. I mean, especially, especially if you're in business I and mean, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, but so many, so many of us are hyper addictive to caffeine. So <laughs> I like that. That's a, enjoy the experience more, really enjoy it. Uh, that's wonderful. Um, let's switch gears entirely. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. You had built the Pilates studio businesses successful. And at the time of this recording, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, lots of uncertainty. And, but, but this has been going on for almost 18 months now. And I, and I know you made a big shift. So talk to us about really kind of pivoting bricks and mortar to online business. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, the business progression. So it started out of my home. It was like my hobby. I started, I was teaching classes out of my home. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband quit his job, took over the consulting business. And then I moved out of our home to open the business in 2010. So a small little Pilates studio, the vision to create a space where there were therapies and movement under one roof with people who believed in this integrated model of health and wellness, that was the next level. And so in 2015, we opened uh, in a new 9,000 square foot facility Um, I now have a team of 50 clinicians, instructors, and administrators. We serve um, clients and patients from a chiropractic, massage, physiotherapy, mental health, nutrition, naturopathic medicine, osteopathy, 
um, fascial stretch therapy, reflexology, body talk, and then movement under one roof. All right. Mm-hmm. So our business was faced of people who had to open our doors, walk in, go to a treatment room, go to a class and um, experience. Right. And so six months before the pandemic hit, I decided that I wanted to move my business online. I wanted to, we have a lot of snowbirds, right? A lot of people from sure. you know our part of the world would head south for the winter and they would always tease me like back in the day, would you make a DVD so I can take you to Palm Springs so I can do my Pilates still with you all winter. And um, it was enough that I was like, I heard the whispers, right? I felt the tap and I was like, you know what? Um, I just, ha- I have to do this. So in the summer of 2019, I shot like 200 videos over eight weeks. We, I launched a website, I created courses and the meta district was born in September of 2019. All right. Now fast forward six months and on March the 17th, 2020, I'm sitting in my office at the studio at the clinic and I hear our premier say, your doors are being locked today. Right. And at first, like, you guys know as an entrepreneur, right? We throw things at the wall, some things stick, some things don't. But at the end of the day, we've chosen this because we are in control. We get to call the shots. Sometimes the shots aren't awesome. You know, sometimes we have to make really crappy decisions, but it's still within our realm. That day, that got taken away. And my mantra up to that point, every single day, I would say this on my way down from my bedroom to my kitchen, clarity creates confidence, confidence creates clarity. I would say it over and over and over again to start my day. And my first thought after hearing our premier say, this was the last day we're shutting you down. My first thought was, how am I going to say clarity creates confidence and confidence creates clarity tomorrow morning? Because I have neither the clarity nor the confidence about what is going on. Mm. We, over the next six hours, proceeded to communicate to our clients what was happening. We got on the phone. We were canceling thousands of appointments at the clinic, right? And the next morning at 9 a.m., we took 85 of our classes and about 50 of them moved to an online forum. I had all the tech from the summer before when I was filming videos for the Meta District. Mm. We set everything up. I gave my instructors a crash course in teaching on Zoom with nobody in the room and showing up as your best self. And we, and we pivoted and um, we, I was just about, I mean, you mentioned the cooch and the gooch ball earlier on Ben, and I was just about to launch um, those products eight weeks before we had to shut down. I was in Florida at a mass marketing bootcamp with the home shopping network. My product won the competition. I was supposed to head back to Florida to do my first um, sample show for the home shopping network. Well, we know what, we know what happened, right? That, yeah. that didn't happen and it still has not happened. Yeah. So, you know, you're pivoting bricks and mortar. You're trying to manage the uncertainty with your team, you know, when will I be able to come back to work? How, you know, can we lay off as little people as possible? Mm. I've got this product I'm supposed to be launching, right? So there was all very quick decisions. And at that point, they were all being made with my gut and my heart. And Mm. I was my head out of it because my head was just in a state that couldn't really deal at that point. And I was like, I just got to, I still have to launch. So we made a website for the Cooch and Gooch Ball. 
I developed a great, you know, a free webinar. We had people coming every month, hundreds of people were coming. So I launched, I launched it that way. And we started fulfilling, um, we started fulfilling orders. And here's the thing of it, you guys, because of my ability to pivot, I was unable to access any government assistance (laughs) (laughs) because our sales, uh, although they were, they decreased, right? You know, they decreased, but all of these new things that I were doing just brought me to the threshold where there was not that 30 or 50% decrease in sales. And I was like, at first I was like, like, damn, but then it was almost like a badge of honor. Like, you know what? No, I chose this life. So I didn't have to depend on anyone that I could play by my rules. And even though the rules of the game have changed, I'm still driving this bus down the road. And, um, you know, my sleepless nights have not been about, are we going to be able to continue this business, this bricks and mortar business? You know, my sleepless nights have been, what else can I be doing? How else can I scale this? Who else can I collaborate with? Right. Cause over the last 18 months, I have met more business people than I have in the first, you know, 20 years of running a business. And that's, what's cool is that the business world has all be- all of a sudden become even smaller. Yeah. So, um, you know, those, those were the pivots we used to do, um, in-person week-long Pilates retreats in Mexico. Oh, I, I loved our week-long retreats. I pivoted and brought those online. We started doing three-day events specifically for women. Um, and it really was all about, you know, reconnecting, reconnecting with who they, with who they were, right? Cause all of a sudden they were homeschoolers and working from home and all these things, right? And so um, that's actually now turned into a year-long mastermind that I've created and a whole new coaching program. So I didn't anticipate that. That just came out of my willingness to be like, I don't know, let's try this and see how it goes. And that's what happened. That's amazing. What a great success story. You know, I think about the North American dream of not just owning a business, but finding a way to, to make it work. And you guys had already built a very successful company. And then having that massive pivot and seeing the growth that's come from that. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think that's an inspiration to all of us that, hey, things, things, things can change in your life, but then you can change things in your life. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I love that you positioned it that way. And I, you know, for those of you um, listening in the audience who are juggling, you know, business and personal life and family, one of the I will never forget this moment. We, um, my husband and I, farmed for many, many years. So Jason was at the farm for harvest one year, and the boys were probably like six, eight, and ten. And we were sitting around the dinner table, the three of them and I, eating dinner, and. Um, our middle son said to our younger son, Tommy, what do you want to be when you get older? And Tom says, well, I'm going to be an NHL goalie and an NFL quarterback. And so Will says, well, Tom, you can't be both because the seasons overlap. You can't be playing hot. Like you can't travel with your hockey team and then play with your football team. And this little boy looked at his brother and said, yeah, I can. Mom does lots of things. And like, <laughs> Right. And it just like, I just, it, it just brought me right in that moment to, to realize like, I love this environment 
that these boys have grown up with. And I, like I said earlier, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial environment and you don't realize until you are, you know, older and can look back on those moments where you do get to see, and I mean, we don't share every single thing with our kids, but mm-hmm. we do bring them in when it's appropriate to help them see that it's not a perpetual money-making machine. Mm-hmm. There are where you just want to, you know, get into the fetal position and rock back and forth. But there are, you know, those are moments. We talk about life as moments. What is the moment? And there's learning in the dark moments just as much as there is the celebration of the light moments. So, you know, that's really what's been one of my main strategies as a mom, because there is that guilt that goes with, you know, I haven't seen them very much lately or, you know, hey, hey, mom, I have to tell you about something. Just give me a second. I'm just finishing this email. Right. And then I stop and think, just wait, this email is not on fire. I can hit send in three minutes and I can focus on them. So, you know, the balancing act is real. And the way I used to frame it to them is if you were at the playground on the teeter totter and you and your friend were the exact same weight and you just sat on the teeter totter looking at each other, that wouldn't be very fun. You need to have the motion of up and down, right? And family and business and business and family. And that's when the ride gets really exciting. So that's been one of my um, kind of parenting philosophies that my husband and I have been raising those boys by. Jenna, that's the best analogy I've ever heard in my life on balance. (laughs) We were talking off camera that people ask often, what, how do you balance family and business? And I always say, well, it's never going to be a perfect balance, but that's literally the best. You wouldn't want it. It'd be so boring. (laughs) <laughs> well, it would be way for them, like as kids, right? They were like, oh yeah, that would be boring, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's great for kids and great for even us as parents too. Uh, just phenomenal. Um, talk to people about where they find you, that connect with you, where can they get more information? Yeah, so I mean, you can land on any of my socials. So um, if you want to take a peek at what's happening in the bricks and mortar world, it's lead Saskatoon. So just L E A D and then Saskatoon. You can always on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Jana Danielson or the meta district or Coochball or Goochball. So any of those have their own little community that I would love for you to check out. Amazing. That's incredible. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this as we come to a close here. Obviously you guys are very successful entrepreneurs. You've been through lots of ups and downs, even recent ones, and, and it's just growing and getting bigger and better and, and continually moving to bigger and better. Maybe maybe talk to our audience about, because I know a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs, but they haven't made it yet. And they're probably even balancing a job and then they're you know kind of burning the candle at both ends to get things going and everything. So what would you say if I'm listening, I got a dream, it's not there. I'm wondering when the heck is this ever going to happen? What, what kind of advice or yeah, what would you say to someone like that? So I've I've exactly been there, right? I had my I had my corporate job and that's what I was doing, you know, to kind of feed my passion. We hear these I you know this this the whole concept of the side hustle. Mm-hmm. Well, the side the side hustle is real and here's one thing I can tell you is that Um, This is actually happening in my mastermind group right now is I've got these amazing women in this group who some of them have their corporate jobs or they're working for someone else and they have their side hustle. And it actually, yes, because yes, you have to pay the bills. Mm. Unless you take that first big step 
what for some people could be, you know, going down to halftime or it might be like jumping out completely. There are, you know, you, there are those moments where, or, you know, you guys, sometimes a decision is made for you and you, you know, you, you might get shown the door and you're like, all right, universe, thank you for that opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there, there, there is going to be that moment or moments of uncomfortableness. There has to be right. And that's what I would say is just a life of upward trajectory, a linear up and up and up and up is something that is really, in, in my opinion, not possible, right? You need the dark moments where you can contract and you can be uncomfortable as hell, but you learn from it. And when you're ready to reemerge, you become that person you were meant to be. That's one piece. Cause I think sometimes as budding entrepreneurs, we're so focused on the opera, you know, do I have my marketing in place? How would I, how would I launch this course? Or how would I, you know, how would I, how would I do this? Um, don't forget to step inside a little bit because here's one piece of advice. I can't remember who told me, but it is like been gold for me is that if your brain didn't have the capacity to think it, your being would not have the capacity to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So if the idea has landed or you've gotten that tap on the shoulder and you've been like telling those whispers, go away, not yet. I have to wait. I have to wait. Um, remember that if, if you weren't meant to do something, the idea would have never landed in the first place. I got goosebumps as you were saying that. How true is that? Jana, this has been phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. I was excited to spend some time together. I had no idea how inspirational it was going to be for me. And uh, man, this is awesome. I'm looking forward to getting to connect more as well and and, and jumping more into this stuff. Uh, everybody, hey, I know you love this episode. Make sure you share this. Make sure you share it. Share with at least two or three people. Send it out there. Tag Jana and myself on social media. Uh, man, this is awesome stuff. Jana, thank you so much true blessing. I am really, I mean it. I'm really grateful that we got connected and getting to know you now. This has been an inspiration to me and I know it is to our audience as well. So thank you so much. See you all soon. Bye everyone.